Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast. 800-610-5739. 800-610-5739. That's 800-610-5739. 5739. The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for RadioLawTalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radio Law Talk. Dot com. What, what, what are you still doing here? Why are you here still listening to us? This is hour three of Radio Law Talk. What, is there a reason you're here? Are you just like sitting around? You have nothing to do? Why, why would you listen to us? I don't know, Cal. What, what's the problem? What, I know what it is. They have... Work to do, and they have their headphones on listening to Radio Law Talk. That's why they do it. Or they're on a road trip going through Nevada, picking up True. us up on all the stations as they go from oh. Reno all the way going up out I-80. Could be just pick us up that way. Georgia, they can pick us up in Tennessee. They right. can pick us up in Oregon, Pennsylvania. Washington, Pennsylvania. Wherever, Illinois. I th- just I don't know. where We're just everywhere. We appreciate you being here, though. We love having you listening to us. Talk about Radio Law Talk, the most exciting, entertaining, and sometimes informative show on earth. But uh, uh, we really love having you, and we appreciate our fan base. It's growing uh, quickly, and uh, we're doing everything we can to make it fun and exciting live radio. But it is live radio. You know, there's times we make mistakes. Cal, sometimes we'll, we'll do something, add something. That's the fun of it, Cal. It's not boring, scripted radio. I mean, we do study the topics. But it's live. Things can go wrong. We had someone talk about that the other day. It's like, this happened and that happened. It's live radio, guys. That's what's so fun about it, you know? You just never know what's going to happen, especially with Todd as a co-host. Right, Denise? That's right. And for me, I'm always shuffling paper or That's I true. forget where the mic is and I <laughs> smack it with my hand. And I frequently goof up just because I'm an old guy. Well, you just sleep. No, because you're asleep. You're sleeping over there. Oh, I'm sorry. I heard you snore well, a few seconds ago. Well, one time I hit the – today I hit the space bar and rolled the theme music and I'm thinking, how did that happen? Yeah. Well, it's because you put your uh, – Donuts on there that you're eating. You know? <laughs> yeah, can you see the white powder on there? That is, yeah, that that's, is actual donuts. Radio. <laughs> well, call us at eight five five Law Radio again. Eight five five Law Radio. That's eight five 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 two nine seven two three four. We're heard all over the United States. 
um, uh, on uh, affiliate stations. We appreciate them. Uh, remember, this is general topics of law we're talking about. Seek local counsel. We're not giving legal advice. Thank you to Strauss's Naturals, who uh, sponsors this show, among other sponsors, but they are the main sponsor. Look, we're going to talk about uh, some interesting things, mainly the Remington uh, uh, lawsuit, dog attack case, and I've got a lot to say about that. Uh, and Trevor Milton. Who is Trevor Milton and why is it important? But the reason we always come to Radio Law Talk is for one thing and one thing alone. That's case or no case. Now it's time to play case or no case. So I was kind of snooping around just trying to find more case or no case, you know, things to bring to the show because it's there's pressure on me. I have to do three of them a week, you know. So I, I, f- I found this one. It, don't you do it when you're in the bathroom on the toilet? That's what you uh, usually do. A couple of them. But, oh, you know, okay. sometimes right. sometimes it's a legitimate study session. Uh-huh. And, and uh, according to this article that I found, it said that lawyers sometimes dismiss what are called pro se litigants. Uh, because they, they're no match for them. So they don't have any legal training or no experience. However, pro se litigants can make formidable opponents, and lawyers should not underestimate them, because if they do, they do it at their own peril, like the case of Alton Fredericks of Nashua, New Hampshire. Fredericks is like many pro se people, people who represent themselves. Uh, they have a lot more skin in the game than the lawyer to whom he would just be another case. And and uh, this Mr. Fredericks researched all of the legal issues and procedures it, procedures, pardon me, involved in a case, and harped on deficiencies in the positions of his adversaries. For example, in a case where he was being sued for a defective homemade toy, he was representing himself, and Fredericks' opposing counsel needed to serve what is called there a supplemental bill of particulars. I guess that means it just gives more of facts about the case or allegations about the case. Mm -hmm. However, since the complaint had been verified, the bill of particulars also needed to be verified, meaning the client had to state under oath that the bill of particulars was true, and it had not happened. And so he went, came back after the lawyer and went to the judge and said, Your Honor, this case cannot go forward because this procedure, procedural matter has not been properly handled. I move my case, the case against me be dismissed. And so I asked you, so we already know we had that, the liability case. The question is, is this pro se effort to dismiss valid? Uh, Ms. And Todd, I guess you're the guy on this one, right? Sure, sure. What the heck? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Before I get to the answer, let me just tell you something. Yeah. And I don't know if my two colleagues have ever had occasion to go up against an attorney who, or uh, an opponent who is representing themselves. In the when I was a prosecutor in the criminal context, oh my gosh, what the worst. a headache! Oh, the worst. But uh, because they they don't have an idea what the issues are, and they want to argue things they don't understand relevance and. Um, but, so I have had this. I'm going to say this is a case, and you know what? I'm going to say that the pro per defendant or the pro per individual, the pro se person representing themselves, I'll say they win. Hmm. They prevail. 
All right. That's, that's, my, that's my analysis, and I'm sticking by it. I like it. Uh, Ms. Dirks, what say you in the matter of the lawyer, who, uh, of the guy who thought he was a lawyer? And I say this because Fred always says, I think I'm a lawyer. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> That's why I decided to try this well, one. Well, you know what? Uh, why not? You don't have to take a bar exam. You can just act like yeah, a lawyer. It's easy. Right? Just pretend. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and having skin in the game is extremely important because that does make one want to do the research and to really do it. Uh, a good job of it. And what's amazing about this is this is a procedural objection, not a substantive, uh, pr- um, you know, objection is procedural. So um, I'm of the opinion that this self-represented party got it dismissed, but they could bring it again. So he might have brought that dismissal motion a little too early so that the statute didn't run yet, and so the attorney was able to refile and correct his mistake. But I'm saying it is a case, and the self-represented per se party party wins. Okay, fair enough. Mr. Penny, what do you say about this? Uh, I don't know. It sounds like you got a construction going on behind you, though. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I'm, okay. okay, here we go. So, uh, look, here, here's the situation. This is the worst situation for a lawyer, right? We hate it when an improper comes in. And why do we hate that, Cal? It's not because they, they like Todd said, they do, do the most off-the-wall stuff. You can't figure it out, right? I mean, I think there's some things the court would just let go as a matter of course, and this guy finds that and harps on it and goes, hey, right? You well, know, here's the other thing, like Cal, yeah, ready? Yeah. And this is generalities I'm talking about. Of course. The, the courts generally are going to find it with us. They're going to hold us to a higher standard, us lawyers. They're supposed to hold everybody to an equal standard. But I've seen judges, and they're kind of a little bit nicer to the impropers because they don't know what they're doing, and they give them an extra break. You know, Todd, you no, know, you don't get that. You should have known better. And then the improper is like, oh, yes, go ahead and go ahead and amend your complaint. And the judge doesn't give them advice but just gives them extra time, helps them out, and, and feels bad for them. And that is the worst for a lawyer. It's like, here we go. They're not going to, you know, I can't win this portion. So I say that uh, the improper or pro se, I, they're called improper some, in, in most states, uh, wins, uh, but uh, they allow, they win without prejudice, the motion. And the other party that's not proper is allowed to fix any issues. And we're going to come back after that wonderful rambling answer by frederick penny well good that was good that was real good (laughs) we'll find out what's going to happen with the improper nightmare plaintiff in this case well it is an interesting thing to think about because i would imagine that everyone sees themselves giving that great impassioned speech before the jury even though they don't have a clue what they're doing or saying anyway stay tuned stay tuned pardon me radio law talk We'll continue here in just a little bit, right here. Don't go back. This portion of Radio Law Talk is brought to you by Strauss Naturals. For more information, go to StraussNaturals.com. That's S-T-R-A-U-S-S, StraussNaturals.com. Wayne Elliott here to tell you about my experience with Strauss Naturals Heart Drops over the past 20 years. Strauss Heart Drops saved me back then and changed my life forever. It's hard to describe how invigorating it is when you support your healthy blood flow everywhere. 
There is scientific evidence that heart drops ingredients help maintain healthy lipid concentration. Cholesterol is in the blood lipid group. This supports blood flow, our body's most important function. I was able to maintain a healthy heart and blood flow. Strauss heart drops work, I can assure you. No contraindications with pharma drugs. Strauss heart drops are safe and Strauss guarantees your satisfaction with a hassle-free guarantee so you can't go wrong and certainly have nothing to lose. I've seen folks taking heart drops that have greatly improved their lives. Available online at StraussNaturals.com. Thank you very much. These products may not be right for you. Always read and follow the label. You love your dog. Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic. And maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-711-9218-800-711-9218-800-711-9218. That's 800-711-9218. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. Call now. 800-238-9182-800-238-9182-800-238-9182. Again, that's 800 800- What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-738-0170. Is this real life? Not rarely. Radio Law Talk can be heard on RadioLawTalk.com from 9 to noon Pacific Time every Saturday. That's RadioLawTalk.com. 
Okay, we have improper people uh, <clears throat> that go into court that try to win cases, and this is a case that actually went to court and uh, on a motion, and the question is, did the improper person win or not win? And Denise said that the person did win. I said the person did win also, but uh, the judge granted the win without uh, allowed the other party, I can't remember which was plaintiff and defendant, to uh, amend without prejudice, which means they basically, whatever is whatever his uh, ruling is, is without prejudice, means that he, they can go back and refile. And then you said what? I don't remember what you said, Todd. Oh, it probably didn't matter. But no, I said, I said, um, <laughs> yes, it matters. Come I on. said that it's a case and the pro se litigant prevails. So we're all the same again. That's we right. are, except my thought was the it gets to be refiled because the pro se brought the um, the dismissal too early and the um, attorney could refile and the statute hadn't run yet. And, okay. and, and Fred just blanket said it was dismissed, but they could refile. Right. And yeah, I just said he wins. <laughs> The pro se litigant wins. <laughs> well, here's what's interesting about this. Apparently, this particular judge was not too picky on this kind of stuff to begin with. Like I so said. When this, so, when the, yeah, so when this litigant came and filed the case, the judge said, oh, that's not a big deal. I'll let that go anyway. So no case. No case. No <laughs> you skunked case. us. Yeah. So was, this is not a real case. No, it was just an article written in in a law journal. You know that where they said, oh. make sure you have your associates. You know, cross the T and dot every I. It was an example. So but, you know what that means. Uh, Cal gets money. Cal gets two points, and yes! he's tied with Todd. <laughs> All right. How many points do I have, Denise? Four, and I have five. Oh. And, and I have two, and Cal has two. So we've got to go to 50. And whoever gets to 50 first gets a dinner from all the other co-hosts. And let me tell you right now, um, we're back to – we're on our third round because you guys still owe me dinner from the one before. And we owe Todd dinner. And by the time Denise wins this time, we can just wipe them all out, right? So, so since Cal and I are tied, Cal – would you like to form an alliance? Yes. <laughs> we will kick no one off the island. Yes. We will, yes. <laughs> oh. we will pool our points. You've just got to do better, Todd. That's all I can say. <laughs> you tied with me. That's a bad thing. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, Case or No Case. Be sure and join us next week when we will have a Case or No Case every hour on Radio Law Talk. So you know what happened in 2012. That was the Sandy Hook. And that was Sandy Hook... Uh, uh, a shooting, and that was uh, tragic, and Remington got sued uh, by a lot of Sandy Hook victims. And um, to make a long story short, the judge held, basically they did a motion. There are there are certain laws that have been passed, and, and I don't have that in front of me, that allows uh, basically uh, manufacturers of guns not to be held liable. What was the name of that? That's a, a law that was passed that uh, basically says they're not, generally speaking, it's difficult to sue them and hold them liable for shootings, right? And uh, But this this judge in court allowed this case to go forward on additional grounds outside that law. And again, here we're already a law talk, but we're not talking about that. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm giving, getting a setup here. Well, and the issue there was the law that was passed is it, as a general matter, the manufacturer of the firearm 
can't be held liable. But in this particular case, the allegation was that the marketing of the firearm exactly right. was what contributed to, as alleged, to the um, incident at Sandy Hook. And because they're focusing on the marketing of the firearm, not just the manufacture, right. the court kept the lawsuit active. So that's what I was getting to, but go what's ahead. What's interesting is the procedural, because right. this is not just your regular average court. This is when Remington files for bankruptcy protection, and it's the bankruptcy judge that actually allows the settlement to occur. And that's, you know, in the bankruptcy, they're liquidating Remington's assets, and they're trying to pay creditors, even ones that are potential Well, back up. We haven't talked about even what's going on here. So we're not even talking about this, the the settlement yet. We're back to – you're right, but we're back to the issue of what happened in the original case. In the original cases, like you said, they file bankruptcy to try to get out yes. of it. And that's what Denise is saying. This is what uh, I, you know, to tease everybody is what, what was Denise talking about with me this whole week? And it was like, this is a shocker. And the shocker is that they settled, Remington settled for $33 million of the families of Sandy Hook. And um, I guess, like I said, the lawyers found a loophole, Todd, right? That they're arguing, well, it's the marketing of this firearm. Uh, not the issue of the firearm being uh, manufactured, being held liable for for deaths. And so I think what this is going to do, and everyone thinks, oh, it's opened up, it's over. Now the, all the, the uh, firearm companies are going to be held liable. I don't think so. I think they're just going to change their marketing strategy and be more general and not specific in marketing these uh, the way that the court felt that, 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 by the way, just left it open so they can bring the trial. Don't forget, Remington, this is not a loss because if they would have taken a trial, they still could have won. All this is is a settlement, and the judge just allowed it to go to court under those premises. Yeah, and and from a procedural standpoint, we have actually two lawsuits or two different judicial bodies weighing in here. So the lawsuit was filed in Connecticut in the local superior court in the jurisdiction. That's the lawsuit between the victims and Remington. At the same time, Remington, and this happened in 2012, Remington in 2018 filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in federal court. That's being overseen by a judge in Alabama who's overseeing the uh, bankruptcy proceedings. So what we have here is um, Remington has filed, has proposed, has uh, proposed a settlement of 33, was it, $33 million with nine families, and that was filed in the Superior Court in Connecticut. Now, that proposed settlement has to be approved by the judge in Alabama over the bankruptcy issue. So you've got two different issues. I, I'm not certain if, I mean, that's a proposed settlement has the victims' families, have they said that if approved, we would take it? Because the lawyers for the family saying, look, we think it's going to be anywhere from $225 million to a billion dollars in damages, and this represents a fraction of that. Yeah, but the assets control here and the creditors control. Okay. Yeah, we're going to talk about that when we come up. We'll just touch on it really quick, and then we'll get into a dog attack case. We'll be right back. There's more Radio Law Talk coming right up. Stay tuned right here. Commercials and other announcements aired on Radio Law Talk contain the opinions of the sponsor. The airing of said announcements on Radio Law Talk does not constitute an endorsement. The announcements may contain claims that are not intended to treat, diagnose, or cure any disease. These claims have not been evaluated by the FDA. Life can be full of risks. 
One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans, and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family's health insurance. It's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0940. 800-670-0940. That's 800-670-0940. If your loved one has passed away due to COVID-19, pay close attention to this message. You could be entitled to a death benefit of over $300,000. The U.S. government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to COVID-19. We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-918-7092. 800-918-7092. That's 800-918-7092. Paid for. Radio Law Talk. I like that show. That's true. Now, Radio Law Talk continues. Here's your host, Fred Penny. Love live radio. Live radio is just so much fun because you never know what's going to happen. I just keep my my, uh, mic little whole hand thing keeps squeaking. It's driving me crazy. It's like you, you, you open it. Listen, listen. Hear that, Cal? Well, yeah, but th- this <laughs> this reminds me of the old joke. Does it squeak when you do that? Does it hurt when you do that? Yeah. Well, then don't do that. <laughs> I know. I was like, because every time it's like, okay, we're done with the show, so I push the mic off to my side and goes, okay, I'm gonna loosen it right now. There we go. All right, well, hold on. Yeah, I don't know if it's at the. Yeah, it must yeah. Be listen, good listen. job, good job. Way to go. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Live radio. When I put that in, I put it no. in a little too tight, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, okay, we'll pass on that issue. Right. Okay, so we were talking about the Remingtons, and, and, and I think I thought we covered most of it. But the key is, is when we talked about this during the break, is like I told Cal, I said I, I truly think that it's going to. Um, this doesn't mean the end of all these uh, manufacturers of guns. I think what's going to happen is they're going to change their marketing and what they say about their guns. Don't you think, Denise and Todd? They're going to, and I think what they're going to do is uh, the the law still holds. And I didn't look, have time to look up the what the law is called that protects the uh, gun manufacturers. But uh, I think what's going to happen is they're just going to change their marketing tactics. So there you go. And that's the way the lawyers. That's what lawyers do. They find loopholes and they say, okay, we're not going to. We're not going to attack that that uh, monster head on. We're going to go around it and talk about marketing, and that's what they did. Twenty million dollar award in a California dog attack. And let me talk to you about this. So I'm a personal injury lawyer, and and I want to talk about people who have dogs. Um, if you have a dog and you're listening, 
you have to do a couple of things. And this is not legal advice. We're just talking generally. I know this, though, and this is so important. People don't do this. There are in homeowners or renters policies certain uh, things that they exclude in those policies and people don't read them. Number one, there's certain breed of dogs, believe it or not, that many or I'm going to say even most policies for homeowners coverage or renters coverage that they do not cover that breed of dog. You got to look at it. Look at what breed of dogs are excluded. If you have this type of dog or that type of dog, obviously Rottweilers and pit bulls are usually the ones on the list. Just to let you know, those are the, usually the ones on the list. Some, believe it or not, uh, it's not that often, but are have you know a lot of some don't even cover dogs or dog bites because what happens is um, in in many states you got to check your state, but like in California, it's strict liability. What does that mean? There's no first bite rule. Some states allow, okay, if your dog's dangerous, you have to know about it, and they have to bite at least once, and that puts you on notice that they're going to bite people, and that's what's called a first bite rule. And in, in, in other states, it's strict liability. The dog bites, or not just bites, but attacks or knocks you down or whatever. Uh, a lot of times, those states say it's automatic. That's just it. You're automatically liable. And then you go to your homeowners, and you go, oh, yeah, here, here it is, Mr. Homeowner's Insurance Company. Uh, cover me for this. And they go, Oh no, your dog's excluded. By the way, you have a Rottweiler, you have a, and and you have a uh, you know pit bull. It's excluded in the policy. And not only that, I have other people go. Well, it's not a pit bull. It's only half pit bull. Well, I don't know. You better read your policy really close. So the the moral of the story is read your dang policy. Now this case, and the other thing is, be careful. Every state's different. Double check your state, right? Because sometimes they can have or find you criminally liable if your dog attacks and seriously injures or kills someone. A lot of times they'll, they'll kill children. And that's what just, I hate to say it, but I am an advocate of this. And it drives me crazy when I see people with these, these very, very, um, you know, uh, dogs that are, that, are, that, that are known for being aggressive. And, and, and believe me, the dog owners are all listening out there. Oh, no, it's not the dog. It's the no, there's some that are that. Dogs can, like you know, like a human, can just go off their rocker sometimes. But the problem is some of them, as they bite, they'll release. But some dogs don't release, right? Their jaws lock. And and, and that's the problem with uh, children being killed or maimed or even adults. And in this case, uh, there was a death. And actually, there's two people walking. Uh, one lady, one guy was uh, walking his dog and another was uh, walking and another um, – they're walking their dogs, and they stopped and talked, started talking in front of this person's yard. And their dog, and by the way, there's leash rules too, whether or not your dog has to stay on a leash or stay within your yard or whatever. And this dog had gotten out. It was a Belgian Malinos. And a, a, a Mal, Mal, and Mal, Malinois. Malinois, yeah. yeah. And I know what they are. They look, they're kind of like a German Shepherd, but they're different. But they're, they are a police dog. And this was a former police dog. And um, that attacked uh, this one guy, and, and he died three days later. And it was from the attack from the dog. Now, here's the thing. The owner of the, of the dog was sued, right? And his homeowners were supposed to cover him. I don't know what happened with the homeowner's coverage. But here's the issue. The issue is they're criminally going after this individual who, by the way, was a former police officer of some, of some sort. Um, and this was a former police canine um, that attacked. It was a former police dog. And they and the police sold this dog to someone 
And the plaintiffs in this case sued the, the department saying you did not give proper instruction on how this dog should be kenneled when uh, an owner's not around. And that's what happened on that. In many states, including California, the most common retirement procedure for a police dog, it is sold to the police officer handler for a dollar. And he just gets to take that dog home and keep it as a pet. And so that, but obviously that was not the case in this particular state. But that's a, a way out of that, you know. Right. So Todd, you were going to say something? I thought you were, you're, you're looking at <laughs> Well, it, like, it, it was just it was so tough for law enforcement officers when they retire, no longer in duty, and here's the dog, like, oh man, my day used to be worth something. Now I'm sitting at home waiting to be put out so I can go to the bathroom. I'm just, I'm jonesing for somebody to chase down. What am I going to do? Things can get tough for a dog. But you know what? The fact that they're criminally charged. <laughs> I agree with the people like, well, they shouldn't be criminally. No, you got a dog, and I've seen people walking their Rottweiler dog. I'm going, you know what? And I see little three, four-year-old kids walking around. All it takes is just one one snap. Like you were jumping on the the Joe Hansen thing and, mm-hmm. uh, for the actor. I'm jumping on the people who are attacked by dogs, and I truly believe that people who have dogs that are known to seriously harm people – um, should be held criminally liable if their dog seriously harms, especially children. And and here's the issue. The issue is, it's like, well, I've got a little chihuahua or a little small dog. You're right. And that dog's not going to, it's going to hurt someone, but it's not going to kill them. That's the key. I worry about the young children or people being killed. I had, well, let me tell you a story. I was out in my pasture one day and uh, uh, some people uh, came and stay, were at this place uh, nearby us and i was in on my property and um they had a pit bull and that and i had a little uh, my my daughter with me and she was a little four-year-old and that pit bull came full bore after at us i mean coming at it then they were probably just 50 wow. yards 50 yards away and this was a big pit bull and it was coming at me and i'm going all right here we go and they kept calling the dog and obviously the dog wasn't coming back so luckily, I picked up this rock, probably the size, it was probably a five-pound rock, and I was ready to take, and I picked my daughter up on the on my other shoulder, and, and I was going to have to take this pit bull on, and it came right close to me and just stopped, because, you know, I was going to use the rock, you know, and it saw the rock, and I was ready to throw the rock at him, mean, hit it with the rock, and it stopped, and, um, but it was, it, it was clearly out of control, that dog, and in, in my opinion, if I would have been attacked, that individual should go to jail. And I'm talking the person who owned that dog. Go ahead, Cal. I mean, go ahead, uh, Todd. So the interesting thing is just to, for folks to keep in mind, there's a difference between criminal negligence and a, an overt act. So, look, if, if somebody's coming up and you have this dangerous dog and, and you sick the dog on them and they're, and they're not a threat, you're using the dog as a weapon. You know the dog is a weapon and you send the dog in there. Obvious. I, I think that that is criminal liability. You're using the dog as a weapon like you would use a gun or a knife to harm or injure somebody else. But when we talk about criminal negligence, I'm not disagreeing with Fred, but the standard of proof is much more difficult on a criminal trial because criminal negligence refers to conduct where the individual either ignores – uh, where the person ignores a known or obvious risk, and that gets a little bit more difficult. We can read in the newspaper 
all of the attacks by pit bulls or or these types of dogs. But the defendant in this criminal case is going to say, well, I can't be convicted because of what somebody else's dog did, but I can tell you my dog has been docile from day one, and this behavior is completely out of the ordinary. I didn't know. It wasn't an obvious risk for me. That's where the defense is, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how they go about proving it. Right. So when we come back uh, after the hour, we're going to finish up with the grand uh, – we're going to talk about a Trevor Milton, who he is, and why it's important to know what happened with that case. And then we're going to do our quick takes, and then we're done for the month of July, and then we're back in August uh, with our wonderful uh, people who listen to us, our wonderful uh, – I'm not going to say fans. I'm going to say our listeners. We'll be back right after this. Listeners, and of course, we thank our affiliates. We thank our Internet people, everybody who does a lot of hard work to make sure that Radio Law Talk can come your way. We appreciate that. And we will continue with the program in just a little bit. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. Call now, 800-238-9182, 800-238-9182, again, that's 800-238-9182. I've got to get my car washed, this dirt, it just won't do. But I don't have no time today, I don't know what I do. And I know this place right down the road, quick, quick, car inside let's take a ride and watch this cat and shine just come and see i guarantee your ride will steal the show come on quick quack car wash don't drive that dirty car uh-huh. quick quack car wash they'll have you looking sharp this is denise dirks we can represent clients in divorce legal separation child and spousal support custody termination of parental rights step parent adoptions guardianships and even conservatorship matters call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation the law offices of denise l dirks provide family law services in northern california when the law affects your family call 877-886-7186 the family of attorneys at denise l dirks is here to help Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. 
If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. When you were a little kid and you thought about what you wanted to be, teaching was at the top of your list. But things changed. And as you got older, teaching didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you're thinking you'll be something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Now you want to be a doctor. You don't think teachers save lives? 25 at a time. An actress? Try playing a different role every time the bell rings. How about a scientist? Ever heard of physics? Chemistry? Who do you think teaches that? Teachers today are breaking down obstacles, finding innovative ways to instill old lessons, and taking learning far beyond the four walls of the classroom. It's time to recognize that great things are happening in teaching and put it back on your list. Don't try to convince yourself otherwise. You had it right the first time. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council. I like the Amadrosa Valley. Radio Law Talk. Now back to the show. Yeah, we've got uh, last segment. We're excited to be here. We got quick takes coming up. But Todd, you wanted to talk about this uh, Trevor Mil- uh, Trevor uh, Milton. Tell everybody yeah. who he is and what about him. So Trevor Milton is the founder of electric car maker Nikola. Which is interesting because you've got Elon Musk, which is the founder of Tesla, and both of them are inspired by the inventor who, you know, competed against Edison, Nikola Tesla. And, and that is um, who these folks use in the electric car making industry as their, as their inspiration. Well, Milton started, te- uh, started Nikola, and last June, June of 2020, he took the company public. And now he has been indicted because the federal government is saying, "Okay, look, when you went to go take the company public and you were making all of these statements and the statements, they weren't really inducing the savvy investor to invest in your company. Once it goes public, these statements were really preying on the casual investor, the folks that really buy into the hype and everything. And the government is saying in their indictment, essentially. Nearly every statement made by Trevor Milton was not true, and that those statements led to an overinflation of the stock price. Stock price is now tanking after the indictment, and that has caused a serious harm to the investors because they were induced or duped into purchasing the stock, so goes the allegation, by virtue of the false statements. Now, listen, when you have a company that goes public – you have to re- be very careful if you're the leader of that company, the CEO, you have to be very careful in terms of what you say, because let's remember Elon Musk. He got in trouble was a couple of years ago. He's the CEO of he's the CEO of Tesla. And he makes this statement out of pure speculation where he says a Tesla publicly traded company. He makes this statement where he says, you know, I'm thinking maybe we'll take the company private again. And the stock price tanked. 
And the SEC came in and said, yeah, Mr. Prolific Twitterer, Mr. Elon Musk, you can't make statements like that because it causes a panic among your investors. Right. And so eventually Musk stepped down as CEO so that his statements aren't attributable necessarily to to Tesla. But, you know, that is when it comes to stock that's heavily regulated. What about cryptocurrency? Cryptocurrency, not regulated. Right. So when Elon Musk does something very similar and says, everybody go buy Dogecoin, which was created as a joke, and it drives the price of Dogecoin from, you know, less than a half a penny per coin up to 26 cents, 60 cents. And yet overnight millionaires based on nothing but hype. There's not really a whole lot that the government can do about Elon Musk making statements with regard to that because it's not regulated. But when you take a company public, heavily regulated, and Trevor Milton is going to have to answer. He's been indicted for the statements that he made. We'll see how this pans out. The indictment just came down, but he was making statements like, our cars, uh, they work completely and fully. The indictment says that's not true. He says hydrogen sells for $16 uh, a kiloton or whatever it is, and, and we can produce it for $4. And the indictment says, yeah, they don't produce any hydrogen. <laughs> You know, so every statement that they're claiming he made was a misstatement only to drive up the price. And he if if true, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, he was freed on a hundred million dollar bond that's secured against two of his properties in Utah. And he is currently barred from contacting any of the investors. Is he based out of Utah? I don't know. I mean, no, the properties were in Utah. I'm yeah. not sure if a lot, a lot of people. Utah, if, I, I, if I was going to guess, I'd say it's probably up near Park City, where they right. got the high price properties where people come into vacation in the winter. But, we've I mean, been he's there, a, huh, Fred? Yeah. What's that? Park City. You and yeah. I've been there. Oh, yeah, we've been there many times. Gorgeous. Yeah. yeah gorgeous. He, you know, he's a billionaire, so he's got a lot of money, and and that's why that's why you know one of the things about bail is to protect public safety. It's also to, to assure your appearance in court, and when somebody has assets in the billions with a B, uh, the, the flight risk concern goes way up when it comes to the court process. So there we are. We're going to follow that along as we go. You know, i got to talk really quick about a lawyer getting reprimanded. This is, impo- this is a very interesting concept with lawyers. The problem with social media that has gone crazy is lawyers have ethical duties. And the, what happens is lawyers... It's just bound to happen that there's going to be a client that's not going to be just, you know, like you or, or has an issue. And what happens when they go ahead and make a statement on, um, you know, I don't know, Yelp, Avo, whatever, or on Google and make a bad review of you? Can you respond? You know, and the most of the responses I see and it should be is, you know, oh, we're sorry. And can you give us a call? See if we can't, you know, talk this over. Sometimes you just can't resolve something. Well, this lawyer went back and uh, not only responded, you know, I could see the lawyer responding. There shouldn't. And even if he responded in a negative way toward the client, if you look at these, uh, these, re- these uh, reports or, you know, whatever they say about their, this business, it's usually a first name and a initial K. You know what I mean? Like Joe K, right? Well, the lawyer responds. <laughs> Joe K, joke. Yeah, that's right. The lawyer responds and puts the guy's full name and his criminal record on his response. (laughs) And so the lawyer gets disciplined and actually 
the Supreme Court of Oregon went all the way to the Supreme Court of Oregon. The Supreme Court of Oregon said, you know what, that was an ethics rule violation. But I guess the Supreme, I mean, the uh, bar wanted to uh, have a 30-day suspension or the prosecutor, whoever was pr- pursuing him, um, but they recommended just a public reprimand instead, which is basically a slap on the face. I mean, a slap on the hand and tell him don't do it again. But the guy basically, but this is, you know, look, I'm not jumping on the lawyer's side, but this is what the guy goes on and says about his lawyer. And even if the lawyer, he disagrees with them, and maybe the lawyer didn't do a great job, the lawyer just has to sit there and take this. The guy said he called him online a, quote, horrible attorney, very crooked attorney. He lost my case. He's a bad lawyer. And you know what? The lawyer just has to sit there and take it, right? When the lawyer's like, no, you you had a bad case. You know, so what does the lawyer do to respond? Right? Oh, so here's the question I have. If that – I mean you're crooked – saying somebody's a crooked lawyer, I mean that's a defamatory statement, right? It is. Right? Absolutely. And it's clearly because it's in a review aimed at with the intention of affecting his business. And if this lawyer knows enough about that client to know who they are even though it was the first name and last initial to know who they are and what their criminal history is, what's to preclude the lawyer from coming back and filing a defamation lawsuit Nothing. against that person? And that's what he should have that's done. That's what he should have done. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, because then in that action, that. in that defamation action, uh, it, it has the effect of the now the attorney-client privilege can be waived and the, he can't be held to the standard of not disclosing anything because now they're in a lawsuit against each other. I guess and, – and that's an interesting question. If a person goes on to leave a review about you and it's a negative review, has the fact that they have commented on your job and their representation of you, have you effectively waived the attorney-client privilege because you've talked about it? I don't, I don't know of any litigation, but that would be an interesting point to litigate. Well, My course, understanding is no because it's not right. an administrative or a legal proceeding. Right. And, I, and that's what the Supreme Court of Oregon said. It was ethical violation to reveal his name and talk about his criminal record. Now, I agree with that. I can say, you know, you got to be careful. You can't, you know, put, in that, put that stuff out. But you guys just came up with something I didn't realize. You're right. You could sue that person for possibly defamation by saying those uh, statements about you without. And I guess their only argument is truth, right? They can, they can yeah. argue it's true that. Uh, I don't, I don't know what was the quote, criminal, you're a criminal. And, and my, my argument about the waiver would be, well, wait a second, that guy had to sign up with Yelp in order to leave that review. So he had to provide Yelp with his full name, contact address, and Yelp has access to that full review, knowing his full name. So I would say, yes, the client has published their full name and everything. Now, it's not an administrative proceeding, but when you start talking about your interactions with your lawyer to third parties – there can be an argument that you have waived it. We haven't have it fully litigated. It'll be interesting to see. Let's do our quick takes, Cal. All for that. Now, the question is, who has their quick take I ready? Do. I do. You do, Fred. What is your quick All take? All i got to say, Scarlett Johansson, look, I know you got a lawsuit going against Disney. I know Todd Kunin is ready for free to give you consultations, free advice, and help you with the case. Acting lessons, maybe. Todd, what's your quick take? It's also Scarlett Johansson. I am offering as tribute to be your emotional support attorney. <laughs> so nice. Denise, what, what, what's, uh, what's your quick take? Mine is on James Brown. Um, James Brown's most recent last words were, I feel good. Nice. Now that my kids and my grandchildren win. All right. We'll be back next week, 9 to noon Pacific time. Thank you for joining us.
You have been listening to Radiolawtalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated. an American. Just what are our American values? Working hard to succeed. Loving God, country, and family. Being honest, strong, and compassionate. Supporting our Constitution and recognizing that we are blessed to be living in America, the greatest country in the world. Our Bill of Rights protects us, our freedoms of worship, speech, and privacy, our right to own firearms, our right to trial by jury, our right to be free, to live our own lives without some bureaucrat telling us what to do. Most countries don't have these rights. Want to know more? It's all there in the book. Get your own free book, The U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Then read it again, and this time, share it with your friends. Our great Constitution is the basis of all of our freedoms, our inalienable rights. Get your own copy at FreeUSBook.com. Brought to you by the American Media Council.